Welcome back to the Family Finance Podcast. Ben here, joined by Mike, and we are continuing our series on financial goal setting. And, you know, last episode we talked about the why behind goal setting, which is a necessary foundation. And today we are going to dive into the how, right? This is kind of what everybody wants to know. Absolutely. This is what everybody wants the secrets on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, frankly, there's no real secrets, um, but there are there is some context and some guidelines that can help us here. But we can't get to this point without knowing the why. And so these two things, the why and the how, are going to work really beautifully together in goal setting. And one without the other will not be effective. You can't have one without the other. It might work for a little while, but long term... Um, it will not work. And so we've kind of got three different pieces that we want to lay out for you on setting the right goals, right? Because there is an improper way to set goals. Mm -hmm. And so we want to point out some of that, but we also want to give you some really simple, practical information on how to set the right goals. And the first piece is something that I think a lot of people have probably heard. Um, I know I heard it through school my, you know, my degree is in exercise science and public health and still a topic that I love, but all through classes, this came up in, in nutrition class, it came up in exercise physiology, it came up in biomechanics, it came up right in every class that I took, right. it came up and it didn't matter which area of exercise science or public health that we were addressing, smart goals came up. And you might have heard this terminology, SMART, and it basically stands for specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And so, Mike, if you want to give a little bit of context on maybe a little bit more practically kind of how this plays out or what this looks like from a goal-setting standpoint. I'd be happy to. There are a lot of examples that we could come up with. So one thing that is very common is people want to save money for a house down payment. Right. Um, I talk to people all the time who want to set that as a goal. And if you think about that, it's the SMART goal concept really applies nicely because you can say, we want to buy a house that's going to be $300,000 in the next five years. So it's a specific goal you're shooting for, $300,000 home. And you want to put down 10%. So you'd say, we need $30,000 in the next five years. So you have to ask yourself, is that attainable? Can we save $6,000 a year from our uh, monthly budget uh, over time and uh, save that $30,000? So you have to ask yourself, is it attainable? Is it relevant? Well, for sure it's relevant because it's something you're, you're aiming for that's going to provide uh, housing for decades for your family. And there does there's a huge time element to this. You're saying in the next five years we want to do this. So... You can definitely adjust that uh, year's time frame up and down. Uh, if you say we want to do that in three years, you would certainly adjust it to $10,000 a year. Sure. And for something like this, I'm sure you could talk at length about what you would, where you would put that money. Sure. Uh, but this isn't money you'd put in, a, in the stock market. Right. <laughs> this is money you'd set in a, in a safer um, element to, to try to hold on to it. So that's a really practical example. So just have to look at your budget and set it out and, and try to set that money aside month over month. And then by that five-year mark, you'd be able to, to put that down payment down. So it'd be great. 
and the easy way to do this too is is you know get a piece of paper and along the side of the paper right vertically just write s m a r t mm-hmm. right write that smart down there um, and this is kind of how you have to learn how to do That's it a good idea. right otherwise you're going to be sitting there looking at your goal and being like okay well does this make sense does it not make sense right and so write out your goal mm-hmm. and then basically assign the pieces to each category right right and that's just a really practical way to do it and it also helps to make sure that we're not missing one of the pieces right mm-hmm. so often when i see this done people forget to put a time component to it right which as you mentioned it might change and that's okay right but it's still important to have a time component not to measure failure or success but it allows you to almost create urgency without the urgency actually being there. And so I think that's just a really simple way um, by just getting a pen and paper and just kind of jotting that down on the side to make sure all pieces are actually carried back in. And so, you know, now you've got your, you've got your smart goal, right? You figured out why it's important. You've kind of written down your goals and you might have 10, Mm -hmm. for example, right? And as we mentioned in the last episode, 10 probably too many to attack all at once. Probably. But it's good to have that information. I don't want to, you know, discourage you from having more goals. But we also want to make sure that those goals are put in the, the proper context, right? Because trying to achieve 10 different goals, um, it's either going to take up all your time or you're right. going to fail trying. And, uh, and so we want to make sure there's a, a really good prioritization in process, right? Um, to understand which of these goals are the most important to me. Right. right now in my life with my current circumstances, which of these goals, you know, maybe which two or three do I want to put the most energy towards? And so, Mike, can you give a little bit of context maybe on how do we how do we break that down, right? How do we analyze maybe what's more important than right yeah i think in life you just have to sit down with this paper that you've written out so you have the smart goal written out on paper like ben was mentioning which i think is a great idea but then you have to ask yourself uh, how urgent is this or how non-urgent is this and then also how important or non-important is this because you might actually set a goal And later on, you might say, you know what, this is no longer important to me. Uh, And you adjust to that, which is totally fine. So within the financial uh, realm, you want your habits to be basically under the umbrella of non-urgent and important. So it's really kind of like the Stephen Covey book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He has his quadrant example of urgent versus uh, non-urgent and uh, important versus non-important. So As much time as you can spend within that non-urgent and important quadrant is so helpful. So when you take these goals and you categorize them and say, you know, this is still really important to us. It's not urgent. We don't need to have a house down payment by tomorrow. We just have to have it in five years. So a longer time horizon really is your, your beneficiary. It's so helpful to have this as a long plan. So that, that part's really helpful. Yeah, and I think, I think the other piece of prioritizing goals properly, um, I love what you said, 
non-urgent, non-urgent. So much of the financial world, if we can get people into a position where they're acting without urgency, that's going to, that's going to set them up the best, um, in, in all areas. Um, but sometimes there is this reality that from the starting point that you're at and the goal that you're trying to achieve is just this massive, massive hill, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're standing at the bottom and and maybe you're starting from zero, right? I think retirement is a great example of this, right? For sure. You know, you've come out of college maybe at 22 years old and you have zero dollars for retirement, right? you know? And you're thinking, okay, well, I got to somehow come up with one, 1. 1.5, $2 million by the time that I'm 65, right? And that's a lot, that's a lot to take in. And so I, I don't know how, you know, you've obviously been in that situation, right? right? Coming, coming out of med school, right? Even having loans from med school, you're like, okay, well, I've got to yeah. get out of this debt. Yeah. While at the same time, I want to make sure I'm queued up for retirement. And so what's the perspective there of, of breaking down that, that massive goal? Yeah, I think what really helps is you look at the big goal and you look at how far uh, down the road it is, but you have to take it one bite at a time. Uh, you can only choose so much in any given moment. So uh, you just have to remember, uh, if I just take one bite, one bite, one bite, eventually you're going to be right there. So you, I think it's so helpful when you take any large goal. And a house down payment is a large goal. For I sure. $30,000 is, is nothing to, to slouch at. So I think taking a, a large goal like that and saying, hey, how much would it take for me to save each month? So I would break that down, say take that $6,000. I'm going to do some rough math in my head. It looks like about <laughs> $500 a month. Yep. Uh, and you try to say, hey, you know what? If we could take $500 a month, hopefully you're debt-free and uh, you're not uh, anchored down by a lot of debt. So if you can take that 500 a month and say, hey, this is our future house down payment, uh, it's going to grow really nicely for you. Uh, and I wouldn't look at that statement every month. I'd maybe look at it every three to six months and just to kind of see how it's growing. So just to give you some reassurance. Yeah, and I think the the beautiful piece of that is it kind of gets some some quick wins under your belt. It does. Right? right. It, it's an encouragement to you that you are on track, right, to say, okay, you know, maybe this is my end goal. You know, maybe, you know, having, you know, that $30,000 to put on a house. But if I look at it one year from now and I see that I did exactly what I set out to do of putting aside my $6,000 that year, well, that's way more encouraging than thinking, oh, well, I've got four more years of this and I haven't achieved my goal. It's No, I've, I've achieved my goal for this year. Absolutely. I, I was just thinking about the, the concept of financial momentum. Financial momentum is, I'm not sure you really hear about that uh, much, uh, especially if you search the internet or social media or things like that, but financial momentum is for real. And this is a really good example of it because there's something that happens within our brain when we start setting aside a little bit of money each month and we do it regularly over time. And then you look at it maybe three months and you're like, wow, I just saved $1,500. How did that happen? Uh, So financial momentum is for real. And I've seen that within my coaching business where people start to see the needle moving in a positive direction. They're like, wow, this is amazing. Look what I'm doing. (laughs) 
And all of a sudden, $30,000 would be, hey, that's achievable for me. So that that's for real. I think there's a behavioral component to that, but super helpful. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, we've we've talked about setting specific goals. We We really broke down how to prioritize those goals, which is so, so important. And, you know, the final piece that we want to talk to you about on setting the right goals, setting proper goals, is is more of an action plan. It, it's, it's creating that action plan and tracking your progress over time. Super important just to, to apply the how are we going to do this because it might present in the form of just uh, talking about setting up a budget. I know some people don't like hearing the word budget, but basically... I always encourage people to think of a budget as a spending plan, or I think Dave Ramsey came up with the term, tell your money where to go every month. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, because when you sit down and you just uh, work out those details, and then you stick to it, man, that can be just fuel to your finances. And it's really interesting because the concept of intentionality is, I think it's really well regarded in in our society, mm-hmm. right? Like when right. you say that somebody's intentional, that's a high compliment. It is. I know if somebody said that to me, um, sure. I take that as a great compliment. It's like an integrity word. Really. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think budgeting's no different, right? Budgeting is just one example of this, it that is. this plays out in dozens of different ways, but it's, it's really comes down to intentionality. And that's what this plan does, right? It allows you to put intentionality to your goals and it, it gives you, you know, some, some momentum there. We're, we're not going to sit here and tell you that there's <laughs> one way that you have to do this. Exactly. You know, um, I know people that still just love the old-fashioned pen and paper. Absolutely. That works. I think you like that. I think that's um, kind of where you... I, I, I do like to see the, the ink flow from my pen. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, right? As long as, you know, once you spill coffee on it, you write a new one. But, um, but I've gotten used to spreadsheets, so... <laughs> spreadsheets, uh, the notes app on your phone, or, you know, there's even apps out there. I know I've used in the past an app called Habit, where you can kind of put some of these things into practice and... You know, some are a little bit more automated as far as tracking, mm-hmm. you know. So if you're, you know, doing something digital, a lot of times you can even get reminders set up and, you know, you don't even have to think about it. You kind of automate this process of tracking uh, towards your goals. But, you know, they're they're all really effective in their own right. And at the end of the day, this is what I always say to clients is do whatever is going to work for you. Absolutely. Whatever you're going to actually show up and do, do it. If it's writing it on the Mm -hmm. kitchen fridge, do that. I love it. If it's in your phone, do that. Uh, Because at the end of the day, this is a a personalized thing, and we want you to be able to put the energy and intentionality behind it that it deserves. Yeah. There's no one way to do a budget. I mean, there are so many ways to go about this. And uh, some people just want to know in general, hey, if I'm saving 20%, uh, yep. per month and that's great and I have you know my uh, other uh, fixed expenses like my mortgage payment etc and then you can have a few hundred dollars a month as your below money or whatever it doesn't have to be detailed out to the penny but you want to hit the big things you want to hit the big categories as you go 
that's it. Yeah, that's that's kind of the roundabout um, answer. There is, you know, define your goals, prioritize them, pick your most important ones, and then create a plan and track your progress. Right. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into this. You know, hopefully you you've kind of established your why behind your goals. Um, you know, now you know take some nuggets from this episode and establish what your goals are. And then come back and listen to our next episode. And we're going to talk a little bit more on how to make those goals stick. Stick.